0: But the woman who is described as wisdom, Solomon says you need to pursue her. She is out in the streets calling out, trying to get our attention, and we're not listening. Notice I jumped to us today. I need to bring us, I need to bring it to where we are today because the wisdom that Solomon describes is the same wisdom that was present in God's creative process. Have you looked at Genesis 1, 2, and 3 lately? I want to encourage you to go back and look. There's no way our world could be made the right temperature. Hello, somebody. The dew would come down and there was no rain before before the flood, right? Remember? But the mist would come down. Uh, When you think about the animals that Adam was able to name, uh, the fact that the fruit, the trees, the, the herbs, the grass, God spoke those things into being. Wisdom had to be there to say, hey, now, so much and no more. And for all you really smart people doing PhDs and sitting in labs and you are dissecting things and looking at cells and breaking down genes and looking at how to cure cancer, and those of you who are figuring out pharmacology and thinking about what's the right combination of how much you ought to give, wisdom, wisdom is present, it's there for us.
1: Hey, welcome to Night Church, the Friday evening service of Praxis, the young adult ministry of the Loma Linda University Church. You're going to be hearing some great sermons, testimonies on this podcast that are going to encourage and deepen your faith. We are so excited that you're here, and I hope you enjoy this sermon, and so much so that you share it with someone that you love. Welcome. Really excited for this series that we're jumping into because it is so paramount to set your light, your life on a foundation of wisdom. Too many foolish decisions lead to foolish consequences that are needless. A lot of young adults go through series of relationships, they go through a series of mistakes, challenges, financial blunders, relationship issues because they never set their life on a wise and solid foundation. Over the next 30 weeks, we're going to be exploring what it means to start wisely, to start your life on the basis of wisdom. Uh, we're going to be going through that in the book of Proverbs from one of the wisest men that ever lived, Solomon. And as you can look at his own life, he had a choice to make throughout that season where he started wisely, but maybe ended foolishly. You always have the choice to live out wisdom, but it takes it on a daily basis. So I'm really excited for our speaker this evening. She's a personal friend of mine, a pastor, a deeply following believer. She is a mother. She is a doctoral student. She's also the chaplain of this university. Welcome with me, Chaplain Dillis Brooks. Hey,
0: everybody. Y'all going to do better than that. Hey, everybody. Thank you. It's Friday. I don't know where he went, but I thought he was bringing me something. It's Friday. It's Friday. (laughs) Do you remember when you were young and you didn't like Fridays? We're going to speak the truth and shame the devil tonight? Thank you so much, man of God. Come on now. I wasn't raised Adventist my whole life. And when I joined the church, I was a teenager. And I spent time in some Adventist homes and there was a lot of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth on a Friday night. But that's not your generation. Y'all always looked forward to the Sabbath. You couldn't wait for Friday sunset. Yes, you couldn't wait. But I promise you, by the time you finish going to university at Lo Melinda, you're gonna be so thankful for the Sabbath. You're gonna be saying, Lord, if it just could have just end right now, could we just leave? Thank you so much, Pastor Philip, for the Praxis family for the opportunity to come and gather with you tonight, and uh, kick off this series with you. I had a chance to chat briefly with Tiana and realized that um, she doesn't know who I am, and I don't know who she is because we she started her journey here at Loma Linda during COVID, and we didn't have any in person University at Worship's, which happens every Wednesday at eleven, um, right here at the University Church, and everything was done on Zoom, and so. There are people who I have yet to meet uh, because, simply because of COVID. And so if you're a student, I want to say, hey, y'all. How y'all doing? Um, I'm thankful that the University Church um, is committed to creating a community for you. And I hope you dig in, lean in, and take everything it has to offer. And know that we also, as a broader community, University Spiritual Care, are also here to support you. What I say to students all the time is this, you have no reason to be hungry, because you know me. There is no reason for you to be hungry while you're here. Find me. And if you are not having a problem, but you know somebody who is, tell them to come find me. Or come to me, and we'll go to them. Number two, if you find yourself struggling, because you will. We're going to have real conversations tonight. You're going to struggle. We're talking about wisdom. Amen, somebody. Um, you're, You're going to meet things you didn't even know, and things you didn't think about are going to show up and say, hey, now, do not struggle alone. Find me. Come find me. If you have a roommate, a friend who is struggling, rat them out. Come tell me. They won't know you told me. Are you hearing me? They won't know you told me because I won't tell. I'm Switzerland. (laughs) Unless you're hurting yourself, right? Unless I'm concerned about you hurting yourself, then I have to say something to somebody. But I'll be with you. Our team will be with you through it please stop acting like we're in the body of Christ and we try to do life by ourselves. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's that's the American way. Individualism. What we had said, though, was that we belong to the body of Christ. Oh, y'all going to learn tonight. Here we go. Open your Bibles, whatever you read your Bibles on. I'm going to be in Proverbs chapter 1. And the series is, I believe, um, Start Wisdom. Where did Pastor Philip go again? He's like a ninja. I believe, his, I think we're doing start wisdom. And I think when he asked me if I had a title, I said, why wisdom? And so we'll land right there. If we're starting with wisdom, the question should be why? Why wisdom? Why should we begin the academic year with wisdom? Why should we think about wisdom? And and the answer simply is this. It's found right here in Proverbs chapter 5 and Proverbs chapter 1. And let me give you a little bit of background you know the book of Proverbs is attributed to Solomon. Solomon was the son that David had with Bathsheba. Are you tracking with me? Um, if you still have the Veggie Tales in your life, you know, in your mind, and and you know about David, you don't know anything about the, you know, uh, the bad side of David. You know, I hate that word bad. So let's scratch it. Let's start again. You don't know that side of David if you've only listened to the Veggie Tales. The side of David where he was up. Late one night on a rooftop when he shouldn't have been, and how he took somebody else's wife, and then he, uh, um, you don't know the story, and then he sent for the man's wife, and then he took her. Um, that's actually called a power rape. We serious tonight. And then he covers it up by sending for her husband. Y'all, that's not in the Veggie Tales. <laughs> this is not the Veggie Tales version of the Bible. Um, and then he sends for her husband. And then when her husband comes, he tells her husband, go home to your wife. And uh, may I remind you that her husband's name was Uriah, a Hittite. He was not a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. And the Hittite said, I will not do this because we're at war. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Sometimes people who don't know Jesus will convict us because they will speak to us in the ways that we should be living and we look down on them because, you know, they're not filling the blanks. And Uriah refuses to go into his wife because what David was going to do was give him a jacket. That's how we say it in the culture I come from. So had he gone home and slept with her, then he would have thought it was him. <sighs> but what you do in the dark? Always comes out in the light. Those are wise words. <laughs> and so the story tells us that Nathan the prophet (laughs) runs up on David and says, I have a story to tell you. There was this man who had a little sheep. And then David gets really upset of the injustice about this rich man who takes the poor man's sheep and slaughters it for his guests. And Nathan said, you the man. It's you. And that child that that Bathsheba is pregnant with is not going to make it. And what David had done with Uriah was send him to the front line and had him murdered to cover up his choices. Choices have consequences. Those are wise words. So Solomon is the second child that Bathsheba had with David. You see, because after her husband was murdered, and she was sent for by David and brought into his harem. She joined his other wives. I don't have time to unpack that for you tonight because I'm missing. I'm messing up everybody's VeggieTales version of the Bible. <laughs> but it's time. It's time for you to understand that what's going on in the world is not new. Those are wise words attributed to Solomon. This is not new, and it's your turn to choose. So when we meet Solomon, and we give Solomon... Um, uh, we attribute the, the the writing of this book to Solomon. He's not the only voice you'll hear in the Proverbs. If you go through it, you know in the end, that chapter that sister girls been told their whole lives that we supposed to be like, Proverbs 31. <laughs> and um, it's actually not attributed to It's King Lemuel's mama talking to him about his wife. Oh, y'all not ready for me tonight. Um <laughs> But when you go through it, you you will see that there are other wise people. And we know that the scriptures that we hold on to have contributors over the years, right? So we're not going to get lost or confused about that. But we ascribe, the ascription is given to Solomon for being the main author of the book of Proverbs. He also is given. Um, we believe he wrote Ecclesiastes as well. And <laughs> the thing about Solomon, when he is talking in the book of Proverbs, he's an old man. He's learned a few things. He's learned a few things. He's he's gone through some things in life, and so he starts off by saying, "Are you with me, my son? Give attention to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding, that you may observe discretion, and your lips may reserve knowledge. For the lips." I'm in the wrong chapter. The Lord wants me to be in chapter 5. It's about to get sweet, y'all. Here we go. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, and the reason I choose this one, is because it's a very similar translation to the original Hebrew, just so you know why I'm in this one, right? To receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive. Somebody say naive. Naive. To the youth, knowledge, and discretion. Solomon's like, I don't want to hide anything from you. We're going to take away the VeggieTales version and give you the real deal so that you can make better choices. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel, to understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. And there it is, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools. I didn't call you a fool. It's in the Bible. You see it right there? <laughs> I didn't call you a fool. You see, did you see it? Do you see it right there? Verse 7. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Solomon says. Why wisdom? Because you'd be foolish not to take what's here for you. All throughout the book of Proverbs, uh, wisdom and the especially the first nine verses, first nine chapters, um, wisdom is given the persona of a woman. She has feminine attributes, and for my sister girls in the room who noticed that Solomon's writing to his sons like he ain't have any daughters, <laughs> right? Well, the good news is we can all read the scriptures, right, and we can put my daughter when, yeah, amen, somebody, right? You don't have to get caught on that, get hung up on that. But I love the fact that in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is ascribed as a woman, and there are two women in Proverbs. There's the woman who stands outside and is like, hey, baby. (laughs) Holler. Come through. You're not coming? Oh, I'm sorry. Y'all don't understand that language. Hi, sweetie. (laughs) Can I talk to you for a minute? Oh, my God. Can I? No? And she's not calling you for Bible study. Or she might tell you it's Bible study. Hey, somebody. And let me be fair. He might tell you he wants Bible study. And he might tell you he just wants to holler. (laughs) Equal opportunity. But the woman who is described as wisdom, Solomon says, you need to pursue her. She is out in the streets calling out, trying to get our attention, and we're not listening. Notice I jumped to us today. I need to, bring us, I need to bring it to where we are today because the wisdom that Solomon describes is the same wisdom that was present in God's creative process. Have you looked at Genesis 1, 2, and 3 lately? I want to encourage you to go back and look. There's no way our world could be made the right temperature. Hello, somebody. The dew would come down and there was no rain before, before the flood, right? Remember? But the mist would come down. Uh, When you think about the animals that Adam was able to name, uh, the fact that the fruit, the trees, the, the herbs, the grass, God spoke those things into being. Wisdom had to be there to say, hey now, so much and no more. And for all you really smart people doing PhDs and sitting in labs and you are dissecting things and looking at cells and breaking down genes and looking at how to cure cancer, and those of you who are figuring out pharmacology and thinking about what's the right combination of how much you ought to give, wisdom, wisdom is present. It's there for us. So wisdom's always been there. Wisdom is a feature of the God we serve as Judeo-Christians. Solomon tells his son that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And for so many of us, when we hear fear in the Old Testament, we think it means to be afraid. As a matter of fact, our parents told us to be afraid. And if we weren't careful of the kind of stories we heard when we were growing up in church, we are always and are still worried about whether or not we're good enough. Or have we broken all the commandments? Have we, are we being obedient enough? And we're afraid of God. And we're afraid of not spending eternity burning. The truth is Being afraid of burning is is not what God wants. God wants us to desire to be with him because that's wisdom. And so when Solomon says the fear of the Lord, he is using the Hebrew word chokmah, which means it is not I'm scared as much as it's, man, the more I know about God, the more I realize I don't know anything. The more I spend time with God, I don't even understand why he would love me. Wait, wait, the more I spend time with God, I don't understand why he is so loyal. Another Hebrew word, chesed, his loyal love. Why is God so consistent with us when we are consistently walking away? Why does God not ration our air based on our obedience? Because I don't know about you, I wouldn't make it. So what is wisdom? Why do we seek wisdom? Because if you really want to know and have knowledge, Solomon says, you better start with God. And Solomon ought to know because when God appeared to him, when he was dedicating the temple, God came to him in a dream after he was named king. And that was, (laughs) listen, David, his father, should have taught him a whole lot of stuff. You know, David had He didn't take care of his business. The whole Bathsheba thing messed him up. And I don't know if you remember, uh, this is definitely wasn't in VeggieTales, I know this. I have a 15 year old and a 13 year old and we did not watch this. But one of the things that happened in David's family happened with his daughter Tamar. Y'all know that story? You know about her brother Amnon and about the brother Absalom? That was a hot mess. (laughs) And I think that part of the reason that Tamar's story went down the way that it did was because David carried the guilt and the shame of what he had done with Bathsheba. And for some of you in this room, and maybe not you, but I can tell you that I live the consequences of my parents' choices every day. Some of them, they didn't even tell me. But stuff just showing up in my life. So while you're here at Loma Linda University Health and you're in this community and you're trying to work and you're trying to do things and things don't seem to be working out or things start percolating to the surface, I want to ask you to start looking at your family of origin. And I want you to do that work of differentiating between what is you and what's your mom and daddy in them. And remember that God's promise is this, that you will not be punished for your parents' choices. You are impacted by them though as your children will be if you're blessed to be able to either have your own or adopt some children. David David. knows that Solomon will be the one who will be second, the third king of Israel not any of the other sons. It's Solomon who is going to be the king. And another son decides to do another coup and try to take over. And, you know, uh, Nathan the prophet does another okie-dokie and, like, gets in there with David. Listen, the Bible is so full of stuff. Game of Thrones ain't got nothing on what happened. <laughs> I mean, I haven't read Game of Thrones yet. I just don't have the time. I'm a student. But I've heard. I've, I've just heard. But I'm telling you, if you go to the scripture, you're like, what? That happened? How? Houseway, how did nobody tell me this? That's because the Bible stories when we were little were sanitized. But now y'all are grown-ups or you're growing up. Amen, somebody. So um, Solomon gets crowned king. David had, remember, wanted to build a house for God. And God told him he couldn't do it because he had blood on his hands. And so Solomon gets the opportunity to build a temple for the Lord. And then the Lord comes to Solomon and says, hey, my guy, what can I give you? And Solomon and his usefulness said, you know what I want? I want wisdom. And God says, certainly. And because you didn't ask for riches, I'm gonna hook a brother up. (laughs) Right? So I'm gonna give you wisdom. And as a result of your wisdom, you will be blessed and you will bless other people, which was the original plan all the way back with Abraham. Are you tracking with me? Are you with me? Come on, talk to me. So Solomon, asks for wisdom. When Solomon dedicates the temple, God shows up and confirms that he indeed is with them. And then Solomon turns around and marries a rack of women. (laughs) And then he has some concubines while he's at it. So the reason we start with wisdom is because the person who's talking to us has been there and done that. And we can learn a thing or two from this wise old man. One would have thought that because God had blessed him with wisdom that he wouldn't mess up. And I'm glad the scripture has Solomon's stories in it and David's mess ups and Abraham's mess up and Jacob's mess up, so that you will understand that God has not asked you to be perfect, he's asked you to follow him. That's what the story of the Bible is about. Come, follow me. And that's why Jesus came, to say, come look, look at me. I am the fulfillment of everything that's written. So when we hear Solomon speak, we listen to Solomon. Because Solomon is speaking from experience. Because Solomon who tells us that wisdom is calling out for us in the street, trying to get our attention, he can tell this to us and we can believe it because the same things that Solomon had to deal with, money, sex, and power, are the same issues we are dealing with in 2021. Money, sex, and power. He had a rack of wives. He had wives and concubines. How many, who knows the number? 600 what? Somebody look it up real quick. Google it. Come on. Let me let y'all, let's make this interactive. Look it up real quick. Wives and concubines. Let me, let me have the number. He had a 1,000 concubines. How? You're like, that don't even make, the math doesn't even add up, right, my guy? You're just like, what? So how many wives? Nobody found it? He, okay, he had 700 wives, 300 concubines. So the king of Israel had how many women? A thousand women who had his personal code. They knew how to get to him. They were his women. Help us, Jesus. So Solomon, when he speaks to us, is reflecting that he has fallen for the bait, the trap in this world. The second thing is money. Solomon, God promises Solomon, I will give you blessings and riches. And you know what Solomon does? Go back and read through the scriptures, y'all. Solomon is, he is like gold hungry. Go look and see what he's done in the sanctuary and how many gold things he makes and gold this and gold that. And the last thing is power. You know the reason he had all those wives? Because he was making alliances with all of these nations. We are here in 2021. Why? Why wisdom? Why are we starting with wisdom? Because the same three gods are calling our attention every single day. And every one of you in this room knows how money, sex, and power is calling your name, the digits it has for you. And I'm not naming it to shame anybody. I'm naming it to say that there's nothing new under the sun. So if Solomon is telling us that the fear of the Lord the response to wisdom calling us in the street is the beginning of knowledge, then I want to challenge you. I want to invite you to make it a priority to spend time in the word of God. Just spend time. I'm going to invite the musicians to come up at this time. If you go to Proverbs chapter 4 with me, and we're going to go to verses seven through 10, and this is what it says. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom, and with all your acquiring, get understanding. Prize her, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a garland of grace. She will present you with a crown of beauty. Hear, my son, and accept my sayings, and the years of your life be many. I grew up in the Caribbean, and I've had the privilege of living in this country for a long time, and I used to be a teacher in in elementary and middle school. And one of the things I realized when I moved here and I started being a teacher was the fact that nobody talks about wisdom sayings. Where I come from, we have this saying, one, one, cocoa, full basket. One, one, cocoa, full basket. What do you think that might mean? One. So is it? it it's one, one. So it's your one and your one and my one. It's all of us together, right? It comes together. Here's another one. Every mickle make a muckle. (laughs) know Jamaicans in the house tonight? Wow, look at that. Y'all don't know nothing about them sayings, though. (laughs) If Solomon were here, he would say, as you're reading through chapters one, two, and three, a proverb that works is this, show me your company and I'll tell you who you are. Have you heard that one? Right? What about this one, if you lay down with dogs? you're going to get up with fleas. Some of you who speak other languages other than English, I'm sure you've heard your parents and your, your abuelas and your abuelos speaking, or if you have um, aunts and uncles, no matter where you come from, wherever, they're, they're words of wisdom. And all of those words are great words, but Solomon wants you to know and wants me to know that the greatest wisdom we can get is to acquire the knowledge, and that's the knowledge about God. Because when you have God, even when your world is falling apart, you have a direction to go. Tomorrow, tonight, marks the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Yeah. It's 20 whole years. Some of you in this room might not have been born then, and I'm not being rude or disrespectful. I'm not even trying to be funny. Because it's something when you lived in a time period. And let me tell you, as somebody who was in Manhattan on September 11th, at 125th Street, 129th in Amsterdam, I'm sorry, when I was a middle school principal, and we got the news, it was hard. And one of the things that I lean into is the word of God because 20 years later, we're getting ready to do the same foolishness all over again. And for those of you who are uncomfortable with the fact that I am naming what is happening in our world today, I apologize. However, I need you to understand that the words of Solomon say, get understanding. There's nothing new. And when humans are left to our own devices, you know what we do? What do we do? We hurt each other. We're selfish. We're just like David. We're just like Solomon. We're just like Jacob. We're just like Abraham. We're just like them until one day, Yeshua came. When he was born of a virgin, (laughs) She she was almost made a single mother Grew up in the hood in Nazareth. Everybody knew that that wasn't Joseph's son. (laughs) But, you know, he accepted. And when Jesus, that Middle Eastern rabbi, that Jewish rabbi, when he would walk around, the people who were with him were the prostitutes and the tax collectors and the folks who nobody wanted to see. And he came to show us the way to the Father. Because if we follow the way of this world, we will do the same thing. I'll do the same. Maybe you're perfect, hallelujah. <laughs> but I know me. And I just came by to tell you tonight, why wisdom? Because Solomon said it's the beginning of knowledge. I don't care how many letters you get put behind your name, I don't care how skilled you become, I don't, I don't care how famous or how rich you get, I don't care. Listen to the old man, because he tried it all, all of it. He tried it, and he says, go to God. So tonight, as we start off this year, as we start off this series, as we remember those who died, I want to invite you to stand with me, and I want us to hold space for all the people who died 20 years ago, and I I want us to hold space for all the people who served our nation in Afghanistan for the last 20 years. I want to I want us to hold space for the people who died last week, the week before last in Afghanistan. I, wanna, I want us to hold space for the 600,000 plus people who have died from COVID in this country. I want us to hold space for the people who have died even today. I want us to hold space for the children who are right here in San Bernardino who are being trafficked. I want us to hold space for the people tonight who don't have some place to live. I want us to hold space for the survivors of of sexual abuse who are walking around in our neighborhoods and they look disheveled and they look um, strung out because they are because nobody ever asked them how they ended up there because it was never safe to talk about that. I want to. I want us to hold space for the people who are mourning because their mothers have died or their fathers have died. I want them to. I want us to hold space for those of us with broken hearts tonight because. We're lonely, we're afraid, Um, we don't like the test scores we got. I want us to hold space for one another. You've come here to the university church, to this ministry called Praxis, which is a place where the the theology that we believe in, the word of God, walks around in hands and feet. And and I want you to study and I want you to do well. However, I want you to study and do well by by having a foundation that is based on the word of God. I know it's hard when you have to study, (laughs) when you want to pass that test. I know it is hard. But Solomon wants you to know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And if you want to be good, I'm sorry, if you want to be great, listen to the old man. Just have a moment of silence.
1: Hey, thank you so much for joining us for the Night Church Podcast. We really are excited for where we're going, and you can help us in that mission. There's a few things that you can do. Number one is just stay connected. So if you want to follow up what's going on in the young adult ministry here at Loma Linda University Church, follow us on Instagram at Praxis Ministry. And then the other way to really build from this is to financially contribute. Your donations make such a big impact. And so if you go to LLUC.org slash give, you can connect with Praxis Ministry there. On a one-time gift or a reoccurring commitment, it makes such a difference. Well, we love you, care for you, and may God bless you richly as you take theory and make it into practice.